Welcome to the Baby Magic Podcast. This is where you will hear about all things childbirth, pregnancy, reproductive choice, body image, and so much more. Every week, we will be exploring new terrain, and I've invited all sorts of interesting people to travel along with us. It took my village to create Baby Magic. Thank you to Natalia, my artistic director, Abraham, my sound man, Kahil Elzabar for the use of his amazing music, and a load of respect and thanks to all the women I have served over the years. This week, I'm going to talk about the physical experience of having a baby and how it's so similar and yet so different to running a marathon. Next week, I have a guest who will talk birth, and then she's going to belt out a poem about, let's just say, about the female body. And every week I will be talking about choice, options, and how strong we are. You know, I really thought I was done with birthy stuff. I was a doula for 20 years, a doula teacher, and a certified professional midwife. And my experiences witnessing healthy birthing women in our maternity care system drove me crazy and made me angry. And so I quit and opened a cafe. And then just over the winter, this crazy winter, while I was sitting in my basement wondering about my life, I realized that I still love attending women during their childbearing year. I know a whole lot about women's health, pregnancy, and so on, and I wanted to move back to that world. So here I am, back again, providing support, teaching doulas, and spreading knowledge and information about the reproductive lives of women. I haven't given up my cafe, though, and I haven't given up my favorite outside activity either. And one day I was thinking about how weird it is that now I'm a long-distance runner in my 60s. I started thinking about how I grew up and my relationship to my body and how so many women don't have a good relationship with their body and, and I didn't either until now. And I had a little daydream where a birthing mother could be treated just fine if she was treated like a woman who was running a marathon. Physically, there are a lot of similarities. Labor and birth can be, can be the most physically challenging event of your life, and so can running a marathon. Both are experiences that change you forever, and both inform your future relationship with your body. So yeah, the way I see it, running a marathon and birthing a baby are very similar. I've attended well over 500 births, but under 1,000 for those who are into numbers. And these three answers are the most common ones to the prenatal question I ask. What is your greatest fear? One, dying. Two, pooping in public. Three, not being able to do it. So I'm a crazy running nerd and I read everything and anything to do with running, and I believe these are the three main fears of the marathon runner, too. No one wants to die. So many articles about people dying at races. And no one wants to have to poop suddenly while running. This is a thing. And everyone worries about not finishing a race, for whatever reason. When I'm working with a pregnant woman, I always speak to her about her fears for the coming event. The number one fear is that her or the baby will die. Number two, fittingly, is that she will poop during the pushing phase. 
And number three, as in a marathon, is that she will have a did not finish, which actually is impossible in birth, but unfortunately a definite possibility in every runner's mind. What? Impossible in birth? What if she has a C-section or a stillbirth? You just remember here that every birth ends in the birth of a new mother and a new baby or babies. You always get to finish when you run the birth marathon. It might not end up the way you planned, but you will be reborn as a mother and your child will always be your child. So is giving birth the same as running a race? No, they're not the same, obviously. You can't compare a baby to a piece of bling, a medal, or a t-shirt. After you've given birth, you have hours, days, months, and believe me, years of being a mother. And again, I have to remind you that however the birth unfolds, the woman giving birth will always be a mother. After a race, congrats, the medal, a t-shirt, some food, and then you register for the next race and do it all over again. So yes, having a baby is of course fundamentally different from running a marathon, but you can compare some of the feelings, the hours, days, weeks, and months of preparation, finding a program or a method that matches your philosophy or hiring a running coach or a doula. We used to be called birth coaches, learning about nutrition, getting excited, then nervous, then depressed, then excited again, talking to other people who have done it. Of course, if this is your first baby or your first big race, all these feelings and choices will be felt and made huge. If you're more experienced, you will still feel the same range of emotions and you'll be in the club. But that's unfortunately where the similarities end. Are you a runner or any kind of athlete? So runners, imagine this. You're at mile 10, almost halfway through your marathon. Just for those who don't know, a marathon is 26 miles. So mile 10, you're just, you're good. You're keeping a good pace. Maybe you started a little too fast because this is your first marathon, your training went well, and you're feeling good. Mile 11, you have to pee. You take a quick pee stop. At the next station, you have a sip of Gatorade, and you start to feel a little queasy, the way you always do when you have some carbs around miles 10 to 15. You know this about yourself. It's a thing. Suddenly a car drives up and a bunch of people jump out in weird white coats looking at their watches. Your pace has slowed down too much. You're not going to make your Boston qualifier. You might die. In your head you know they're wrong and you try to shut them out and run faster anyway, but their worried expressions start to seep through your endorphin rush. Oh shit, does my heart feel weird? You let them know you're feeling a little tired and that you did have that queasy feeling, all of a sudden the car speeds up and they make you an offer. Take some drugs, get in the back of the car, we'll drive you to the finish line. You'll get the bling anyway, all good, no shame, no worries. You protest, you're okay. But a voice in the back of your head says that, actually, you're not okay. You need the drugs and you need the car ride. By this time you're at mile 20 and you hit the wall. That's when you really feel like the drugs. So you take the drugs and you get in a car and you get driven to the finish line. And my friend, when you hit the wall, when you're giving birth, 
It's usually that point when you're just about there and you want to take the drugs and you want to get in the car. Of course, real emergencies exist, both during marathons and during birth. In those cases, there's no question that you need the car, preferably an ambulance, and you need drugs and you need speedy medical intervention and everything you could possibly grab for a life-saving conclusion to the very rare instance when you are actually in danger of losing your life, or if you're birthing, your baby's life. And believe me, I'm not one of those airy-fairy militants who advocates a natural candlelit birth for every woman. I've seen babies die, and I've seen women close to dying. Thank God for modern medicine. But I do advocate choice. I was at a race last winter. It was kind of tough. It was pretty cold. And at one point, the course turned into a muddy, icy puddle for about a kilometer. And it was a loop, so we had to do the puddle twice, once about in the middle of the 20k and once closer to the end. So as I was coming up to the puddle for the first time, I saw a runner with a weird kind of jumping, he was kind of limping. I got closer and I saw one of the yellow jacketed medical people going over to him, looking worried. The runner told him to go away. As I got closer, I heard him groaning with every step. He honestly sounded like a woman in the deepest labor, feeling that baby's head right down low. A second medical person ran up to him. No, 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 ça va, merci. No, no, it's okay, thank you, he said. I ran past him and I didn't look back. And here's the thing. I knew that if he was in that much pain already, there were two possibilities. Either he would not finish the race and spend months fixing the damages that he had inflicted on his body, or he would finish the race and ditto. But for whatever reason, he made that choice and it was his to make. Obviously, he was in, if he was in cardiac arrest or lying on the ground unable to move, the paramedics would, have, would be there in a microsecond doing what they needed to do, but he was birthing a marathon his way. I've witnessed a tiny number of births that ended up to be medical emergencies where mother or baby could have died, but most of them are normal, scary, joyful, life-changing, painful, pleasurable, primal events. Unfortunately, the people who work in the maternity care field are usually unwilling to adopt the marathon runner model and instead use the air crash model. In the air crash model, birth is simply an accident waiting to happen. Effective management of childbirth includes being prepared for all negative eventualities without being focused on what is going right. In the marathon model, the birthing woman could be treated like a marathon runner. During the nine months before the event, she makes sure she's healthy, she creates her team, she starts preparing, and when she's actually doing it, she, treat, she is treated like a queen. And obviously there's a difference between the ongoing medical care that a runner has compared to a pregnant woman. A pregnancy needs to be monitored by a trained medical caregiver, either a physician or a midwife to rule out conditions that will mean more intensive care. And she should be receiving prenatal care throughout the pregnancy to ensure that she and her baby are well. But she should be the central focus of this care before, during, and after labor and birth. The central focus should not be the fear or discomfort of her caregivers. So let's skip ahead to the event. The runner has been training for months 
She followed a training program or had a coach guide her through the realities of training to run 26 miles. The birthing woman has been preparing for this day for months as well, and she has been following the advice of her physician or midwife and perhaps her doula. Both the runner and the birthing woman have possibly been reading everything they can about their upcoming event, and both may have suffered setbacks along the way. And now, what happens when you're running a marathon? You join a big happy crowd of people and you start. As you run the miles, you are handed water, energy drinks, yummy gels, bananas. All along the route, there are smiling people holding funny signs, cheering you on, giving you high fives, letting you know you're doing great. No one looks at you with a worried look, even if you're the oldest person in the race and the slowest. Happened to me on my 60th birthday. They just keep on smiling and cheering, unless, like I said, you're on the ground. Then why, oh why, did my lovely, young, strong, healthy, well-fed, happy, laboring clients get the hairy eyeball from the staff when all they were doing was basically the marathon of the day? No smiles, no happy people handing you cute cups of water, no cute cups of energy drinks, no gels, no bananas, no funny signs, no high fives. The epidural rate for first-time mothers in Montreal hospitals is over 90%. Don't look at the published stats. They include second-timers who know better and pull that statistic down to around 60%. Why is this? Because we focus on the fear aspect. You could die instead of the fun aspect. You go, girl. Yes, the truth is that running a marathon is just plain more fun, more pleasurable, and better appreciated than bringing another human into the world. This is weird. And that's why I took a long break from the birthy stuff. I found it really sad to think about strong, healthy women being treated like they were sick people. And then I started to imagine what it would be like if a runner was treated like a birthing woman. Hey, I know you're planning the Barclay Marathon, but... It looks really dangerous. I think you should run it attached to an IV pole. Or, hey, I know you're 60 and you're planning on competing in the World Marathon Challenge. That is super dangerous. Why don't you just get really stoned and we'll drive you around? You deserve it. Or, you know you could die doing that? Running a marathon, giving birth, solo travel, sailing, whatever, is just too dangerous. Yes, I know I'm going to die one day. And I'll let you in on a secret. So are you. And so is everybody. But I really want to have fun while I'm doing this crazy little thing called life. Baby magic is here for you. Yes, your reproductive life can be scary at times. It can be sad and hard and challenging. But it can also be joyful, magical, and fulfilling. Most of all, it is yours. Take advice graciously accept assistance, allow people to witness your journey, but get informed, stay informed, find your people. I want you all to know, to really feel this deep down in your female bones, that we are living through a time of change. Suddenly, in less than the time it takes to make a baby, we are living in new ways and adapting to a new reality. It's time to create change in your reproductive life. And that means that you can think long and deep about what you want as a woman for your body and for your life. Do you want kids? Great. Do you not want kids? Great. 
You want kids later? Great. You want a woman-centered, respectful childbirth experience? Okay, now you need to get to work to figure out how to make that happen. I'm offering you up some baby magic to help you make informed choices, but you can always reach out to me with special questions. Or if you feel your voice should be heard, I'm seeking out interesting people to interview. Tune in next week for another episode of Baby Magic. I'll be featuring Beth Murch, radical doula extraordinaire, internationally acclaimed spoken word artist and community organizer. Tune in for some birth talk, a poem, and lots more. Thanks for listening. Spread the love. Stay well and keep on.